You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Wednesday, October the 27th of 2021, the 10-year anniversary of Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. You will know that we'll be talking about that as well today. In addition to Arizona Fall League updates, Game 1 of the World Series, it's going to be a lot of fun. On today's episode, we are brought to you in part today that the title sponsor is Spotify Green Room. Be sure to download the app and join one of our Locked On Rooms today. Lots of good stuff to get to, so let's get right to it. I am Lucas Smith, your host of the show at LJ Fastball on Twitter for your Cardinal content. Cardinals aren't in the World Series, but we will get to Game 1 of the World Series in a little bit. We've got some numbers to talk about at the Arizona Fall League. A little bit more games under the belts for some of these Cardinal players. Uh, when we last spoke, not a lot of them have played a lot. Not a lot of them have uh, had some, any substantial numbers. But now we got some more numbers to talk about and some in my opinion, some more impressive numbers to talk about because the, the Cardinals are impressing with the Glendale Desert Dogs down in Arizona. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it, not waste any time. Let's start with the hitters as we did last week. Um, we're we're going to start with one that we didn't start with before. That's Brendan Donovan. Um, played just one game um, with Memphis this year, mostly with, with Peoria. And in Peoria, had a 266 average, a 377 on base, 405 slugging, not terrible, three triples, eight home runs. So far with the Glendale Desert Dogs in five games. He is 7 for 18. He scored five runs, four doubles, a run batted in, 11 total bases, just one walk, just two strikeouts, and a stolen base. Good for a 450 on base percentage, a 611 slugging, and a 389 average. Again, going 7 for 18. Like to see a little bit more walks, but Brendan Donovan is somebody that the Cardinals um, could, could see in, in the future play a little bit. Plays third base right now. Again, just a one game with Memphis this year, mostly with Peoria at high A. Um, impressed a little bit overall in Peoria, but is really impressing in the Arizona Fall League. Definitely could be somebody that, that is some bench depth here in the, in, in the near future. And I know I've talked about it a lot, but we're in conversation. We've got dates mentioned with Arm Layton of Locked on MLB Prospects. So we'll be going in-depth with about these prospects in a upcoming in an upcoming show. Uh, I'm not sure when that is yet. Still trying to get some dates figured out and, and things of that nature, but we have dates in the works, Arn Layton and I are in the works as to try and try and get together and talk some Cardinal prospects. So uh, that, that should be fun. But Brendan Donovan, maybe not one of the, the top name guys for the St. Louis Cardinals, but one that we should definitely keep our ears open and our eyes on. Uh, meanwhile, one name that we all know about, Nolan Gorman with uh, Peoria in the 2019 season. Uh, those are the 2019 stats. I beg your pardon for uh, Brendan Donovan. Uh, but but Nolan Gorman is somebody that that, that has risen through the through the system ex- extremely well. He is somebody that has flashed a lot of power. He has shown the the ability to get on base as well, um, and things of that nature. So he has shown some some massive improvement. Um, has Nolan Gorman and and at the Winter League Arizona Fall League it has been more of the same. He is uh, six for eighteen, good for. Um, Excuse me. Has a home run, four runs driven in. Yeah, the average is up to 375, but with, with going six for 16, he's got a 565 on base, 625 slugging. He's got seven walks and 16 at bats. So that's the difference, really, between Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman, both listed as third baseman. But Nolan Gorman has the ability to draw the walk and get on base. 
you know, seemingly a lot more. Seven walks and 16 at-bats compared to just one walk and, uh, and 18 at-bats for Brendan Donovan. And that's something that we've really seen progress well for Nolan Gorman over the last couple of seasons is the ability to get on base. And the ability to get on base is huge. It's not just the light tower power. Because when he came up, it was, yeah, he's got power out the wazoo. He's going to be impressive. He's going to be this and that. He's going to have some bombs as a home run. He still has that power. But as he has matured, we've seen that on-base percentage continue to rise. And it is on full display in the Winter League. Because sometimes the home run ball isn't going to be there. The wind's blowing in. You can't just try and you know turn loose on a ball and try and hit one out. And you got to get on base. And that's exactly what Nolan Gorman is able to do is get on base and show that he's shown the ability to do that at a high rate as well. It's not just get on base once in a while. It's the same thing, in my opinion, a big difference that we saw in Tyler O'Neill. I mean, even at the beginning of the season, when he was having a strong season, didn't really have the on-base percentages that you'd like to see, wasn't drawing walks, wasn't getting on base. And then throughout the season, we saw his on-base percentage continue to climb. He took more and more walks. And when you take walks, when you take pitches outside the zone and don't swing at those pitches outside of the strike zone, that allows you to get more pitches in the strike zone to hammer. Because if pitchers know that you're not going to walk, or you're not going to take your walks, they're just going to throw you stuff outside the zone and bet that you're going to chase. And that's a, that, that's one of the hardest difficulties going from the minor leagues to the major leagues. So Gorman still has to prove that at the major league level, but he's proven that he can do it at the minor league level and now in the Arizona Fall League. Somebody else that proved it well at the minor league level this season was Juan Yepes. And Juan Yepes had a very fine 2019 season and an extremely good 2021 season in the minor leagues. And that also has continued uh, into the Arizona Fall League. He has 36 at-bats. That is the most on the Glendale Desert Dogs. 36 at-bats. He is 13 for 36. That is a 361 average, 429 on base, 750 slugging. He's got three home runs, five doubles, 14 runs driven in. 27 total bases. That is the most on the Glendale Desert Dogs. So Juan Yepes is continuing what he had a hot end to 2021. He's just continuing to ride that into the Arizona Fall League. And these numbers, you know, I think that they, you, you, you could argue that they are just numbers and you have to actually see them in person to, to, to evaluate and things of that nature. And I understand that. But I, I take these numbers more into account than I do, say, spring training numbers. Because the, the, these numbers are a little bit more real to me in the sense of you've got you got it's it's not just veterans trying to get their reps. These guys are trying to both get their reps and improve themselves. Minor league or the spring training, you got some minor league guys that yes, you can take the numbers a little bit more, but then if you take the minor league batting numbers in the spring training, you got to wonder who's it against because maybe the pitcher that day was only working on a curveball or only working on a fastball, so that can vary the numbers a little bit. Whereas Arizona Fall League, yes, you got some guys that are doing that. For example, Jordan Hicks that we'll talk about in segment two. He was going there to work on certain things, but these stats are a little bit more legit to me in, in the sense of it, it, everybody is just trying to play to play. They're not working on one specific thing a lot. There are guys trying to get more reps, trying to get more looks. So I take these numbers with a little bit more grain of salt than I do a spring training number. And Juan Yepes just continues to impress. He's been impressive the entire 2021 minor league season and continued that, like I mentioned, into the 2021 Arizona Fall League. He has the most at-bats of anybody on the Glendale Desert Dogs. He has the tied for the third most runs scored on anybody on the Glendale Desert Dogs. He's got the third highest average uh, on, on his team. He's got the second most home runs with three home runs behind another Cardinal, Lars Newtbar. So the Cardinals are showing out the power in 2021 in the Arizona Fall League. And Lars Newtbar talked about that, that he wants more power in his game. He doesn't want to get away from what got him to the major leagues, but he wants more power. And he has shown that he has the ability to hit for some power. 
And he's done that by leading the way in the Glendale Desert Dogs with four home runs. He's played in eight games, 30 at-bats. He's drawn seven walks, struck out nine times. The average is a solid 300 clip, four home runs, two doubles, as I mentioned. On base of 4-4-7, a slugging of 7-7-6, an OPS of 1-2-1-4, 1,214. That is astronomical. That is very, very good. Second highest OPS on the team behind James Outman of the Glendale Desert Dogs. So Lars Newtbar is showing that, that he could have more power as well because... The, the the big uh, a big problem for the Cardinals this offseason, in my opinion, is going to be how do they get more power off the bench. I talked about this last time I talked about the Arizona Fall League, and we saw a little bit of power from Newt Barr. I didn't know if it was going to sustain it. And yeah, he's got four home runs now. I mentioned he throw in the two doubles, a slugging percentage for Newt Barr. Sits at 767. That is good for tops uh, on his team in the Arizona Fall League. Second is James Outman. Third is Juan Yepes with 750. And the fourth is Brandon Gorman. And the fifth is Brandon Donovan, who I'll talk about here coming up in, or who, who I already talked about, excuse me. So Lars Newtbar is showing the fact that he's got some power. And if Lars Newtbar is going to continue his track, on my opinion, as being the fourth Cardinal outfielder, then you've got to think to yourself, okay, that's going to be a power bat off the bench. Matt Carpenter provided a little bit of power here and there off the bench. But if Lars Newpark can come off the bench and maybe they're down one, uh, you got to run around first base. Yes, you want somebody that can plug the gap, but you also want somebody that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Or you're down one with two outs and the pitcher spot due up, who are you going to send up? You know, you're, you're not going to send up maybe an Amundo Sosa. You're not going to send up a Paul DeYoung because maybe that power isn't as reliable. But Lars Newpark goes up there and then you feel maybe you feel a little bit better. And I will say the asterisk there is that he has to prove that at the major league level. Because at the major league level, you know, he, he had his moments, but he wasn't lights out. He wasn't fantastic. He wasn't dominant. So I understand that these are just Arizona Fall League numbers. But we've seen some Arizona Fall League stars arise from this league. Uh, Chris Bryant was in this league, for example. He's risen to a star. You, you, you have guys that have come from the Arizona Fall League that, that have blossomed. And I think that the, the hitters for the Cardinals are, are taking that step. I know I'm not saying that Newt Barr, Yepes, Gorman, and Donovan are all going to turn out to be stars. You know, but I do think that these guys are progressing well, and we're, we're seeing improvements from everybody. We're seeing more power from Newt Bar. We're, we're, we're continuing to seeing the the power and the on base ability, and the just hit ability of Juan Yepes. We're continuing to see um, Brendan Donovan produce at a high level. We're continuing to see Nolan Gorman's ability to get on base. We're seeing these guys continue their development in a positive manner. And that's all about what the Arizona Fall League is, is seeing guys develop, improving themselves as they go about their day-to-day business. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. And from an offensive standpoint, they're knocking it out of the park. We're going to move to the pitching standpoint next, as well as talk about Game 6 of the 2011 World Series, because what a game it was. Um, and it, it's just a, a remarkable thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about pitching the Game 6 in a moment, and then we'll recap Game 1 of the World Series in segment number 3. But just to finish up, the offense is projecting well for the St. Louis Cardinals in terms of the Arizona Fall League. I think that if these guys continue to progress well, they have a strong spring training, the Cardinals could be a really deep team in 2022. So we'll talk about the the pitching game six in the next segment. But first, I want to tell you about our uh, title sponsor today, and that is Spotify Green Room. Uh, Spotify Greenham is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or to run conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reaction to the latest big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the MLB and 
a NHL and NBA. Go download the free Green Room app now currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you're going to find a ton of incredible rooms. You can follow me at LJ Fastball. So download the app today available on all iOS devices. Download it and get talking today because Green Room is changing the way we talk sports. Pitching wins championships. We we're, we might be seeing that with the Atlanta Braves bullpen right now as they shut down the Astros lineup in game one. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but the reason I bring up pitching is because we're going to transition into pitching at the Arizona Fall League, specifically Cardinal pitching. First, we're going to talk about Jordan Hicks because Jordan Hicks did leave early uh, two days ago, first reported by Rob Raines. Um, he was in the Arizona Fall League because he was rehabbing back, and it was it was planned that he would rehab back and come back as a starter. That, that, that That's how he was going to build him build himself up, is as a starter. And he, he made two starts. In his two games he appeared in, he made two starts, but his numbers were less than satisfying. In those two starts, he had four and two-thirds of an inning, gave up five earned runs, um, walked four, struck out five, uh, had a 1.71 whip, and a 9.64 ERA. Uh, in those two starts, and in, in, in an article at KSDK.com that Rob Raines writes, um, Rob Raines wrote, he said, um, in his most recent start, he went two and two-thirds of an inning, three earned runs in that start, walked three through four wild pitches, 29 strikes out of 53 pitches overall. Um, according to this article, again by Rob Raines on KSDK, uh, Hicks's agent, or quote, Hicks's agent informed the Glendale Desert Dogs on Saturday that he had decided to go home, a move which was confirmed by John Mozeliak, the Cardinals' president of baseball operations. He felt he was where he needed to be and decided on a quiet offseason, Mozeliak said in a text messages. Uh, Mozeliak added that there were no new injury concerns for Hicks, end quote. So he felt good. Either he felt really good or he felt so bad that he didn't want to continue. I, I, I mean, they could be covering something up, but you, you would hope not. But um, Hicks got the work in that he wanted to do it because he's uh, been on a major league roster and felt that he, he was done there. He, he left, and he was he, he felt that he, he could leave. You would have liked to see the numbers be a lot better for Jordan Hicks, who is either going to be, as he as they mentioned there in the article, who's either going to be a starter or develop as a starter for give the Cardinals another option out of that starting rotation. They mentioned that, uh, that that might put a little less stress on his arm. Or you, you would think that he's going to be a key part in this Cardinal bullpen. And if you're going to be in that Cardinal bullpen, or you're going to be in any bullpen, you need to be able to throw strikes and get guys out efficiently. And John, uh, Jordan Hicks did not show that ability in the Arizona Fall League. So he, he's kind of the big negative right now, in my opinion. And when you look at the, the pitchers from the St. Louis Cardinals standpoint in the Arizona Fall League, who did well, who didn't do well, uh, Jordan Hicks definitely definitely a negative in, in, in that sense. But let, let's look at the other three uh, that are for the Glendale Desert Dogs. Zach Thompson, top 10 uh, Cardinal prospect, is, is one of the main ones we'll talk about. We'll focus here. Um, for, for the Glendale Desert Dogs, Zach Thompson, four games, no starts for him, but eight innings, just two hits, no earned runs, seven walks, 13 strikeouts, a whip of 1.13. Got a hold and two game finish. Um, the really good numbers is that the eight innings, two hits, just two hits given up. He's got one save. Does have seven walks in eight innings. That's a tad high. You'd want that to be um, a touch, if not a lot lower, for 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 Zach Thompson. Uh, but he's but he's getting outs and he, he's progressing. Well, he's got 13 strikeouts in eight innings. That's really good. So you'd have to wonder that um, you know getting a lot of swings and misses and things of that nature. So. 
looking forward to Zach Thompson kind of honing down on the walks and getting a little bit more control. Uh, Zach Thompson is somebody that the Cardinals are high on and is somebody that, that can be very good for the St. Louis Cardinals moving forward. So look for him to, to improve. Uh, looking back to his, I mean, to, to his Arizona Fall League numbers, again, some things you like, some things you don't, some positive, some negative. Um, somebody that, that the Cardinals, in my opinion, might have to rely on as a, a starter, uh, filling in for a starting role if somebody gets injured in, in the starting rotation, somebody that might need to be that ready. And right now, looking that ready in, in terms of the ability to, to get outs. But again, can he control the ball? Is he able to go deep? Is he working more as a bullpen arm? Because he's out of the bullpen now for the Glendale Desert Dogs in the eight innings pitched, four uh, games, no starts. So moving on now to Jake Walsh. Uh, pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, he has had four games for the season, four innings pitched. Uh, he's given up three earned runs for a 6-7-5 ERA, given up five hits in those four innings, two walks, four punch-outs, and a whip of 1.75. So he, he's not super impressive. Jake Walsh going there to get work. Uh, not necessarily one of the big names. These other two pitchers aren't the big names that are – um, you know, we're used to hearing about from the Cardinals because the other uh, arm that they sent there is Andre Pallante um, f- from the St. Louis Cardinals. He, he's uh, out of California, and Pallante in three games, seven innings pitched, just two earned runs. He's not been terrible, but five walks in those seven innings to nine strikeouts and eight hits. So his whip is 1.86. Eight hits, seven innings, plus five walks, seven innings. That's a whip of 1.86. It's a lot of base runners um, when you're coming in, especially considering um, – Palante has not started a game, all three out of the bullpen. So, you know, let's say he comes in with a runner on base and you're giving up close to two base runners per inning, not counting errors. It's going to put a lot of stress. So Palante will um, have to get that down. But, you know, Cardinals are just trying to get guys work at that point. So um, overall, definitely the the hitting has impressed more um, from the Cardinals standpoint in the Arizona Fall League. Zach Thompson probably being the uh, most impressive arm that the Cardinals have sent down there, at least in terms of the results that they've yielded. So look, looking forward to see Zach Thompson next spring training and to see what he can do and if the Cardinals are able to utilize him a little bit more at the major league level, maybe allow him to start a couple games, spot start, or come up out of the bullpen. Um, but ne- nevertheless, like I mentioned, much more excited about the hitting from the Arizona Fall League than I am about the pitching. Speaking of hitting, a very... Famous game occurred 10 years ago today. Hard to believe it's been 10 years since this infamous game, or famous game, I guess, 2011 Game 6 of the World Series uh, that eventually led to this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see a little bit of a bad lighting. But the World Series, 2011 World Series Championship belonged to the and belongs to the St. Louis Cardinals in Game 6 occurred 10 years ago to the day. Uh, David Freeze playing hero in the ninth. Lance Berkman playing hero in the 10th. And David Freeze once again playing ultimate hero in the 11th on his way to a World Series Most Valuable Player Award after an NLCS MVP. Uh, I was 11 years old when this game occurred. I was uh, I was in sixth grade, and I remember my mom is and was a basketball coach at, at a high school that I that I went to the high school that I went to, and they had their their preseason meeting on this night. And you know, my brother and I were 11 years old, so we couldn't uh, we weren't weren't staying at our, at our house alone. And my dad was working at the hospital, so we had to go to the meeting. And the meeting, I think, was at five or six or something. It was um, it, w- it was ending right around the time the game started. Um, and so I, I was kind of upset. I remember uh, being pretty mad that I was missing the first part of Game Six because it was winner go home, you know. And you know, eleven year old kid wanted to see the game. It was uh, it was it was kind of upsetting. But I remember 
getting in, getting in the car after the meeting, rushing my mom trying to get out of the meeting uh, or get out of the the, the pre meeting and trying to trying to get home as quick as I can. And uh, I remember getting in the getting in the car and hear Mike Shannon give um, give a call of, of the Berkman home run. And uh, and that that that's, that's my first memory of, of Game Six because that that Game Six was was a doozy. I mean, even before. Um, before the David Freeze, because you had the the multitude of errors, you had the, the back-to-back home runs by the Rangers late in that game, um, and, and and it was just back and forth to start the to start the game. Um, it was a you know four and a half hour game. It was pretty long, but you, you had the Lance Berkman two run shot to start the bottom of the first. That that I remember uh, Mike Shannon calling. I specifically remember where I was on the drive home uh, of what Mike Shannon or uh, of listening to Mike Shannon call that Lance Berkman home run, um, and it was it was really something else to to hear that hear that call um, and then got home and watched the rest of the game on tv uh jumping and screaming when david freeze hit the triple um burying my head in, in my chair crying when josh hamilton hit the home run off of jason mott in the 10th um jumping up and screaming when lance berkman had the game tying hit and then jumping up and screaming some more when david freeze hit the home run and it was a school night if i remember correctly um and i remember going to school the next day yeah, yeah, no, I remember going going to school the next day, and it was a it was a Thursday day, a th- Thursday game, and um, my assistant principal at the time said, "Hey, did you watch all the game?" And it was a pretty late game. Not sure you're gonna stay up or not. And I said, "Oh yeah, I stayed up the entire time and watched every bit of that game." Uh, so it was a it's a great memory to look back on. One of the best games in, in World Series history. One of the top game sixes, if not the top game six in World Series history, if nothing else, for the bizarreness of it all. Um, so yeah, 10-year anniversary. Uh, if you haven't guessed on the podcast, uh, a while ago, Benjamin Hockman wrote a book called 11 and 11, uh, detailing uh, the 10-year anniversary of the World Series, talking about David Freeze, Albert Pujols, Tony La Russa, a whole nine yards. It's a great book. We had him on the podcast a while ago. Uh, it, it was a wonderful time talking to him. It's a wonderful book. I've read it. I would highly recommend it uh, to, to read it. So 1111.com is where you can order it, uh, as well as go to, go to Benjamin Hockman on Twitter, um, and he can... Uh, at Hockman and at Hockman and he can get you figured out there and you can look at links there and everything like that. So 10 year anniversary of game six of the World Series 2011, a wonderful anniversary to look back on indeed. Uh, but but nevertheless, we have to have to move on. We'll talk about yesterday's game one of the World Series coming up here in just a moment. We have some MLB and MLB insider clip to share uh, before we get to there. I have to all right, I get to tell you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar, as well as Bet Online. We will start with Built Bar. They have nine incredible flavors for you to choose from coconut, cherry bar, sear, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You can't go wrong. And if you might thinking, hey, I want a couple of these, just try them all. Get yourself a mix box. We'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And then you can try every single one and find out which one your favorite is. My favorite is double chocolate. So I recommend if you're going to get um, uh, a mixed box, two of each of the nine, try the double chocolate first. These bars are not only incredibly tasty, but they're healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're tasty, they're healthy, and you can save money with promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15 gets you a 15% discount off your order at BuiltBar.com with LOCKED15. On or locked 15, excuse me, L O C K E D 15 gets you 15% off. So, if you're looking for a protein bar, you've got a tasty one, a healthy one, and built bar, and you can save money by using the promo code locked 15. So, head over to builtbar.com and get yourself some built bars today. 
BetOnline is back and better than ever with a new and updated website and interface. Uh, you can have more odds, lines, and props and, than ever before. More ways for you to win some money. BetOnline is your number one spot for everything. Basketball and football as their action gets started for the 2021 season. Head over to the new and updated website or on your mobile device. And if you sign up today and enter the promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you sign up today, deposit 100 bucks, enter the promo code LOCKED ON, you'll get 50 extra dollars to bet and win some more money with. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available to you for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Game one of the World Series was last night. Braves and Astros and the Braves are able to get a win and secure at least a split of the first two games in Houston. And that is huge because now for the next four games, the Braves have home field advantage. And if they're able to win tonight and go up two games to nothing heading back to Atlanta, that's huge because then in the next five games, they have home field advantage three games to two. The Astros... You could argue this is a must-win game because of going back to Atlanta. We've got Gordon Beckham, Locked on MLB Insider Clip, uh, to share with you guys, and I will share that in just a moment, uh, get his thoughts on the game, about five minutes, and then I'll give my thoughts on, on what they have to say afterwards. It was a great game. Uh, the Braves came out swinging with the Soler home run to start the game, former Cub, former Royal, um, in Jorge Soler. And you had the Atlanta bullpen throw six and two-thirds, just dominant baseball. Eddie Rosario impacted the game with a throw to second, uh, the NLCS MVP, and this Astros lineup was shut down. And yes, Correa and Altuve have been struggling for a little while, but this whole entire Astros lineup was just shut down top to bottom. Incredible job. Uh, so I won't delay anymore. We'll go ahead and show the uh, Locked On MLB Insider clip and then finish up the show after that. So here is uh, Gordon Beckham and Locked On MLB Insiders. Kim Becker here with an MLB Insider Report alongside Gordon Beckham. We are giving an instant reaction to Game 1 of the World Series. The Atlanta Braves takes it home with a 6-2 win over the Houston Astros. But Gordon, one of the biggest storylines out of this game, Charlie Morton gets hit in the leg with a ball, fractured his fibula, and is now out for the remainder of the World Series. What does this mean for Atlanta? Yeah, it's not good. I I, I saw it happen live. Uh, he gets it hit off his ankle, and then he kind of stays in the game. And then a couple pitches later, in the next inning, um, he's he, he's hurting, and I clearly injured it even more because he probably wouldn't have been able to pitch uh, on it if it had been already injured that bad. So, anyways, bad bad luck for the Braves. Uh, that's going to be a tough miss. I mean, obviously, he probably would have gotten one more game starting, so it's not the end of the world for the Braves. They they won the game. Um, but this is a big blow. I mean, uh, Charlie Morton is their ace. He's their best pitcher on their staff. He's the veteran presence in the in the clubhouse. So to lose him is a big deal. But the Braves picked him up, and they got a win on his start. They're going to miss him in another start down the road. Um, we'll just have to see the way that the, uh, the series goes to see if it actually proves costly. Well, we'll look at the pitching situation here in a minute, but let's talk about the offenses on both sides here. I mean, the Astros really just couldn't get it going right off of the bat, and it seems that Atlanta came out swinging. No pun intended on either one of those, but what's your take on the offense of both of these teams, Gordon? 
Well, one of the things I was kind of tracking is to see how the Astros would come out offensively, but also how the Braves would come out. And it definitely showed that the Astros had one extra day off. Um, Sometimes in baseball, when you have days off, you just feel like you're kind of fish out of water. And that definitely looked like what the Astros had going on tonight. They were rusty. But on the on the opposite side, the Braves came out and made a statement. I mean, Jorge Soler, third pitch of the game, hits a home run and kind of puts a stamp on uh, the Braves um, playoff run. I mean, as of now, I mean, like he, he basically shut the crowd up immediately. And it was almost like, hey, man, the Braves are serious. I mean, that's like that's the kind of impact that home run had. And I think the biggest swing of the night was Adam Duvall. I mean, he battled through this at bat and then gets a fastball in the inside corner and just drills it to left. I mean, the Crawford boxes are getting we're getting peppered tonight. Um, but basically, uh, him putting the Braves up five nothing after three, it really just like it's completely subdued that crowd. Um, you know, in Houston and 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 just got them off the right uh, right start. I mean, for them to have that kind of momentum at the start of the series is just really big because everybody's picking the Astros, right? But this team is really good, and uh, the Braves have really. I've been able to watch them a lot more this year than the Astros, but they've just like they've just come on. I mean, they just there's something about hot teams in the playoffs and they sometimes just get it done, even when people are like, there's no chance. So the Braves offense came out, gave their pitching uh, staff a really good, uh, uh, you know, ceiling to try to try to uh, make sure that they can just keep the keep the Astros down. And, and it was uh, it was very, very telling to see what the Astros did. Later well, on. in in regards to that pitching staff, obviously Morton is now out of that starting rotation. Valdez didn't make it past the third inning for the Astros here. What does this mean for the bullpens going forward in the series? Right. The bullpens, both of them have been used a lot, right? Uh, the Astros more. I think coming in the series, they'd used their bullpen guys 59% of the time, and the Braves used them about 53 54%. So both have been used a lot. But uh, I think that the the Braves bullpen has has really shown that they are the real deal. I mean, throughout these playoffs, they have just continued to knock down opposing batters. I mean, you know, left and right. I mean, it, they've been really special. Uh, I think that the edge here is with Atlanta because the Astros have used their bullpen more. Valdez did not get past the, you know, get out of the second inning, and so they're having to use another seven innings for their bullpen. So. Um, that number is going to be going up, that 59%. And I've always seen later on in the series, if they go five, six, seven games, that's going to that's going to pay a toll, you know, um, on on the staff. I mean, they're just they're just going to struggle because it's like they're that's more important high leverage innings that are on their arm. And it, it just does pay a toll. So um, if starting pitching, uh, I've, I said it before the series, if, if the Braves starting pitching and pitching staff in general can can keep Houston at bay, then they got a really good chance to win the series. All right, Gordon. Well, thanks so much, everyone. That was an MLB Insider Report breaking down Game 1 of the World Series. Make sure that you stay tuned tomorrow when we break down Game 2. And, Gordon, thank you so much. As always, everybody else, you can take you can get more information on the Braves and the Astros and everything else World Series related at Locked on Braves and Locked on Astros. Locked on your team every day. All right, much appreciated. Thank you to uh, Kim Becker and Gordon Beckham for for their time there. And I think Gordon was right on a lot of his points. Um, former Major League Baseball player himself, uh, I, I think that you know he talked about Charlie Morton at, at the beginning and uh, what what a gamer Charlie Morton to, to, to take a line drive off his leg like that and and pitch on a broken leg. 
and and get a strikeout or, or two, uh, I think he got two strikeouts, but at least one and and just a gutsy performance from him to to keep going um, at least a little bit after his his broken leg and just that that's going to be a big miss. Uh, Braves are going to miss him a lot, uh, I think, and that, that that's going to be something that they're going to have to try and rebound and rally around. But also the the Astros are going to have to rebound and rally around the fact that Lance McCullers is not on the World Series roster, and obviously they knew that going into it, so it might not be as shocking. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, still something to keep our eyes on as we get closer and closer uh, to. The, uh, to that impacting both these teams. Uh, but this Braves bullpen is going to be used a lot, as Gordon talked about, and I think that, you know, can they sustain themselves? I think that this, the longer this series goes, I think the more it benefits Houston, especially with um, the the extra bullpen uses of Atlanta, but also the fact that um, Atlanta's now down a starter that they weren't pre- prepared for, and that you, you give this Houston offense more time to see Atlanta pitching and get more reps against Atlanta pitching they're going to start to hone in and say, okay, this is what we need to do to be successful. And that Houston Astro lineup is deadly. Uh, game two is tonight. Uh, Urquidy and Max Freed get the ball. you got to be feeling pretty good if you're Atlanta. But if you're Houston, I think, in my opinion, you have to treat this as a must-win game. Obviously, in the World Series, you can treat everything like that. But I think just the mindset has to be even more on for Houston tonight but that it must be a must-win game. So tomorrow on the show, we have a special guest. It's my 300th episode as host of Locked On Cardinals. So that's exciting in and of itself. We'll also be talking with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies, talking a little bit of Nolan, talking a little bit of Trevor Story uh, as we look back at the the trade that was uh, as the Cardinals uh, – in a way, stolen all Arenado from the Rockies. So looking forward to talking with Paul um, on tomorrow's episode. That'll be up for you guys tomorrow, so be sure to tune back in to that. And um, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at LJFastball. If you're watching on YouTube, it is right right here, you know, underneath the finger there. Uh, and then you can follow, uh, it's at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. I can go ahead and pop that thing up here right on YouTube as well. Uh, so be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And as always, uh, email the show anytime with any questions or comments at lockedoncards at gmail.com. Until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.